Disclaimer! Most of the world doesn't share your opinion. What? The year in lit. Where is it? The fuck are you talking about? You're talking about music before. You're now forced to make a year in lit. The, that, that, that can't possibly be right. I'm not forced to do anything. Nope, I got the contract right here. So 2020 is finally over, but if there's anything that I've learned from these post-2016 times, it's uh, that, that it's just only gonna get worse. But, because I'm obliged to do a year-end list, apparently, because I talked about music just like 11 times, uh, let's just talk about the better side of 2020. And while that wasn't constantly frequent, there were actually, you know, a, a surprise amount of songs that I actually really liked this year. In fact, what makes this list majorly different from any other list I would have done, like, any other year, is just the fact of how many different artists there are. Some of these artists I never even heard until, like, this year, and, that, and that's all because of my Songs of the Month series that I did a while back. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into this list, starting with... Number 10. Losing my religion. So, 2020 was a pretty hard year. Every single month, it seemed like one new thing was happening, and it was worse than the last new thing that happened, to the point that the title of Hellworld is an understatement. But the biggest thing was this goddamn pandemic. And many artists came out with music about it, myself included, but I think these guys did the best. Don't give up Shinedown is a band that I have loved ever since I heard Sound of Madness appearing in most Harry Potter character theme song videos back in, like, 2015. God, remember when that was a thing? <laughs> and after hearing all their music, I came to the conclusion that their 2012 album, Amaryllis, was their second best album of all time, with Brent just pouring his heart out from the pain he went through. And like most artists, I prefer their older music over the newer stuff. The newer stuff isn't bad, I still enjoy them, but... Sound of Madness and Amaryllis will forever be classics to me. And then this pandemic started, and Shinedown came out with a song that was written back during the Amaryllis days and released it on the 8th year anniversary of that album. And my god did I severely underrate this song. My initial thoughts on the song was that it was good, but nothing too special. And then I heard it more, and that chorus just constantly gave me chills, and it was slowly making me realize that nothing about the song was inherently about the pandemic. And 
it was more of an actual fitting track for that album, giving me kind of the same vibes as Unity or I'll Follow You. But because music is so great, you can hear these lyrics and they reflect on the current hell state the world's been in. And that's honestly what made me love this song a lot more. Not only was Shinedown able to take an old song and give it their new flair while making it work, but they were also able to take a song that really doesn't mean much and turn it into a completely different thing all by changing the timing of the release. And I think that's fucking amazing. Number 9 Help me. This year was a complete tonal shift for me music-wise. For one, I started getting more into the scene emo punk music, and also given a time this year where I started truly having feelings for someone again, I started getting more into love songs, and more specifically being in love with someone that doesn't love you back. And then this band just decided to combine those two things. Where are you tonight? I can get you out of my Silverstein is a very hit or miss band for me. I got Infinite in a Spotify playlist and I thought it was pretty dope, but the rest of their stuff, to be honest, just never really resonated with me. And then they made this song. The lyrics speaking about being in love with someone, but that person just doesn't exist or you haven't met them yet really resonated with me, and the more calm, slow-paced delivery with the song, both musically and delivery-wise, is why I specifically like the alternate version more than the original. The original just sounded like it had too much going on and didn't know what it was wanting to be, and let's be honest, it just failed the vibe check. The alternate version, though, passed the vibe check with that really nice acoustic guitar, and later during the bridge, the warm roads that just, ooh, they sound so good. The whole song sounds like when you lay in your room at midnight in your feels, and I absolutely love it for that. Every is a lifetime. Number eight, creepy anime video. Most things related to anime are meant to be cute or at the very least sexual. You remember how I said that I was kind of getting into the scene kid music? Well, a lot of scene kid music is from MySpace. And a lot of MySpace songs are absolutely fucking garbage. Until you decide to make a metalcore cover of one of them. God, I fucking love this song. Captain Graveyard was able to take what is let's be honest, cringy lyrics, and make them sound so fucking good. And it's all thanks to how hard this song hits. The guitars are just in your face and pumping the song along with the drums, and that synth line just goes fucking insane. And oh my fucking god, that breakdown towards the end of the song. I've also grown really tired of growls because it feels like every band is doing them nowadays, but this song knew how to use them right and just more as a emphasis for certain parts that it makes them so goddamn enjoyable. I can't make it five seconds through the original, especially during the drop, but this song I can hear on repeat 20, 30, 40, 50 times without once losing any love for it. Also, shout out Captain Graveyard for commenting on my Songs of the Month video where I talked about this one. Number 7, Ghost Girl Head. Now, throughout the past year of trying to find new music, 
I've come across this trend in metal bands where uh, they bring absolutely no new sound and ends up sounding like every other fucking song I've ever heard. I'm also in a Discord server that does a listening party once a month, and almost every time we end up getting suggestions of metal songs that, to me, just all sound the same. That was until the September listening party where this played. Now, the first thing I thought when I heard this was, this sounds like Rammstein. And that would be a problem if all I heard was Rammstein, but instead the lead singer Johnny brings in a voice that sounds a bit like Till Litterman, but also a bit unique. And then the chorus comes in and sounds nothing like Rammstein, then you get to the bridge that sounds like nothing I've heard before. All while this song sounds neat and tidy and not like a complete mess. And it fucking hits hard! <laughs> Oh my god, the last time I've headbanged so hard to a song that my neck hurt the next day was when I heard, like, In This Moment's Comanche back in 2017. Or when I saw In This Moment live back in 2018. Needless to say, I am not one to do a lot of headbanging, but this song fucking demands it. Overall, this was another one of those songs that I just could not stop playing for days after I heard it. So, uh, to the person who added this one, thank you so much. Number six, do you wear thigh highs? 2020 was a pretty interesting year when it came to covers. I came across an artist who did a metal cover of a Hotline Miami song. Obviously, there was Captain Graveyard with their metalcore cover of a MySpace song. Five Finger Death Punch came out with an orchestral acoustic cover of one of their biggest hits. Motionless and White even released a cover of Somebody Told Me that sounded both early mid-2000s and modern. And even though it was released last year, in 2020, I heard a cover of Pumped Up Kicks that sounded like if Marilyn Manson was the lead singer for Nine Inch Nails. And now Never in my life did I think that combo would work with an 80s pop classic. When Three Teeth announced that they did a cover of You Spin Me Round, I thought it was a really interesting choice, but wouldn't be good. I thought it'd be fine at best, I just couldn't really see it working for them. And oh boy was I wrong. <laughs> The lyrics work so perfectly with Lex's delivery, and given the band being in a completely different genre, you get the instrumental being, instead of 80s pop, industrial metal, and my god does it fucking hit. That chorus, oh my god, that chorus hits so fucking hard, and given the fact that this was made for Guns Akimbo, the whole song makes me imagine Daniel Radcliffe in a cyberpunky world just gunning down people. Despite the movie from what I've heard, not being that at all. <laughs> Speaking of Guns Akimbo, I've heard mostly negative reviews of that movie, but this song hits so goddamn hard that it makes me want to go watch the movie just so I could see the scene where this plays. Like I said back when the song accidentally got posted on Spotify, Three Teeth doesn't miss, and they sure as hell didn't with this one. Number five. Don't leave me. Need I say any more? Five Finger Death Punch on the top 10 list, let alone at number 5. Yeah, that's pretty controversial, but when have I never had a controversial opinion? 
Five Finger Death Punch is a band that I have not hidden my love for, and even after some moments that were, ah, pretty yikes to say the least, it still doesn't change the impact this band had on me back when I first heard 100 Ways to Hate. I've always felt like their music spoke to my angsty, angry preteen self, and when Injustice for None came out, I was just entering the anger stage of a breakup. Fast forward two years later, I'm losing a bit of my anger, but at the same time, I hate people, and I'm often in a bad mood, and Five Finger Death Punch just comes along with their eight studio album and brings this song. A little bit off captures that vibe of just being in a mood where you don't want to talk to people and you don't want anybody talking to you, while also being something new to the band, and that's making lo-fi metal. And for some reason it works. On my first listen to the song, I wasn't a big fan, but by the second or third chorus, I, I was absolutely sold. And like usual, Ivan comes in with lyrics that are probably really fucking edgy, but I'm really fucking edgy, so I relate. It's just a great song with a great vibe that perfectly captures the mood that my life's been uh, transitioning into now, and aside from all the bullshit the band's been doing lately, I couldn't thank them enough for shit like this. You can all fuck off today. Number four, watching Barack Obama. Ever since 2018, there's been this increasing rise of women rappers, with a lot of them being really controversial, mostly with the fact that they rap about sex. And in 2020, the world was given a song all about sex and female empowerment. That apparently nobody wants to fucking pay any attention to. Fuck being good, I'm a bad bitch. I'm sick of motherfuckers trying to tell me how Megan the Stallion does sex rap right. You know why? Because she at least fucking brings punchlines. I swear to god, every sex rap song I've heard has just been the most generic I got good pussy or I got good dick message, and it's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, you're good at something. Cool, C can you at least bring some fucking entertainment to it? And that's what Megan does. For fuck's sake, she came on here referencing anime. And even though it's Naruto, and I have an immense hatred for Naruto, it's still an anime reference. And what makes everything else about this so great is that it's done on the boys in the hood beat. The fucking balls to go on such an iconic and classic beat is immense. And Megan does not disappoint. Like I said, she comes on here referencing anime, but at the same time, she comes in with this like, bad bitch, you can't fuck with me vibe that I, a white man, feel so goddamn confident listening to it. Just look at this shit. Look at all these bars. WHY IS NOBODY TALKING ABOUT THIS?! I'm gonna be honest, it genuinely upsets me that everyone was so focused on WAP, because that song was fucking trash, with Megan being the only good part about it. And I really wish that this song would have gotten that recognition. So yeah, fuck WAP. Stream Girls in the Hood for clear confidence. Number three, I don't like you. Do I explain this next song? Yeah, I fell down the rabbit hole. I've made it pretty obvious that ever since I saw 2011 Hunter Hunter last year that, uh, I've been slowly descending into becoming a weeb. So much so that on my fucking album, I made a song called Up and Coming Weeb. And when doing that, you tend to, at some point, get into anti-tubers. Only for me, it was kind of the opposite, because I watched Trash Taste before any of the host's content. 
And as some of you may know, Trash Taste did an episode featuring a VTuber from Hololife English whose name is Mori Calliope. I'm gonna come right out and say it. I'm a simp. I believe in Cali supremacy. But yeah, that Trash Taste episode led me down the rabbit hole of VTubers, and I'm subscribed to three of the Hololife EN members. My whole recommended feed is just VTuber clips. I play that clip of Cali whispering in your ear to have a nice day. I have truly hit rock bottom. But one of the things that came out of me going down this hole was, uh, Cali's music. And admittedly, it took some getting used to with a girl who sounds like she came straight out of an anime rapping that is only destined for cringe. But in less than a day, I got used to it and two songs stuck to me. Curse Nights, which was hella relatable, and this one. My fucking god, this is a banger that has no right being one. The production alone is just astonishing. Easily my favorite parts is that brass and the EDM synth during the final chorus. But the best part of the song, hands down, is Callie herself, because she deadass just said fuck it and switch into a different language mid-bar to make the punchline work along with the rhyme scheme and it sounds fucking incredible and from my understanding she's not a japanese native so speaking japanese in a song when you're not native it, it it's kind of destined to fail like nine times out of ten that's gonna fail but it fucking didn't in the slightest. Never in my life have I heard someone rhyme Kenshi with Da Vinci and it fucking working. You take the incredible production and mix that with Callie's amazing skill with the writing and rapping and you got yourself an absolute banger that I have not been able to stop playing at all. Number two, Strange Behavior. Damn, remember when we went on quarantine back in, like, May? Yeah, well, around that time, I decided to broaden my horizons in music, truly stop giving a fuck about genres, and just listen to a ton of songs that either Spotify or friends recommend me, and just overall expand my playlists. And I am so fucking glad I did. I need to know... I've talked about how much I love the song in the past, but when I first heard this, I could not stop listening to it. It was constantly stuck in my head, and it still does to this day. Everything about it, from the smooth guitar riff, to the lead singers yelling on the chorus, to that THICK bass line, I knew almost immediately that this was one of my favorite songs of 2020. Another thing about the song that makes it so interesting to me is their song Smile was the turning point into their new sound, but Need to Know is what solidified it for me, because the next two singles after that were basically Need to Know 2 and Need to Know 3, and I am completely fine with that. The style that Tropic Gold brought with this song and continue going forward with makes them one of those bands that could just release the same song over and over again, and they would all consistently hit. It's a sound and formula that sounds very much the same while also sounding unique with every rendition, and it's all thanks to the song. That Tropic Gold album. I need it! Now, before we get to our number one spot, let's do some honorable mentions. I should also preface that in my eyes, I think December is a part of the new year, and I'm kind of stretching it with November, but there's a reason why. And if you don't like that, then too bad. This is my channel. I can do whatever the fuck I want. All right, honorable mention time. Easily one 
easily the best single from New Empire Volume 1, but unfortunately had the same curse that Whatever It Takes in California Dreaming had, where after a while, I just got sick of it. I can go back to it now and still enjoy it, but not as much as I used to. NF dropped his version of The Way I Am after dropping his second best album, and it is an absolute banger, but I also... <laughs> kind of forget it exists. Easily one of Eminem's best songs right next to Stan and Bad Guy, but it doesn't give me the same impact as those songs and I just kind of find myself losing enjoyment after every listen. Not the biggest fan of a lot of Joji's music, wasn't even a big fan of the Pink Guys stuff, but this song is an absolute vibing banger. And that insane guitar solo towards the end makes it all worth it. I tossed back and forth between putting this on the list. Because it's great, and I love when it's playing, but... I also kind of forget it exists when it's not playing, but I put paid my dues on here, so this might as well be given the chance. Loving somebody while you don't know if you love them back and is also a vi- Oh, oh shit, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, my bad, wrong song. Here we go. Loving somebody while you don't know if you love them back and it's also a vibe. Also, Vocal Chops. I love Vocal Chops. For real, though, I, I do think Wish We Knew is, like, the best song I've released this year. Solence's best song, with it giving me the lyrical topic of, a like, an old-school five-finger death punch song, and I absolutely love it. One thing, though, what the fuck was the release of this album? Why were six of the seven songs singles? Why? I think I like this more than I like the original just because I like Chris's voice more than Brandon's. Both versions are great, but this one just brings more of a vibe that I enjoy. This shouldn't be put on the list because the EP had no singles, but god do I love it, so fuck you. You know, as a matter of fact, I am never fly high, 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 Young Scrolls consistently releases bangers, and this is no exception. This is easily one of my favorite beats from him, and has some really funny bars. Only reason this ended up as an honorable mention is because of the Todd Howard feature, which I'm just not the biggest fan of. Decoders releases only bangers. Even the SoundCloud teasers are really good that I ended up using them as my background music, and this song isn't any exception. Deadass had this playing on repeat for like two or three hours when it was released, and almost immediately put it in my background music folder. Like That wasn't a single and Hate Me came out in September, so I have to resort to my third favorite song off the album. He's a banger, though. And... Finally, number one, Christmas Eve. In 2020, the world was blessed with an absolute trap banger that says, fuck bitches, fuck life, I'ma do whatever I want, while also spitting absolute bars. That's right, I am of course talking about... 
Got pictures posted on the wall like an elf on the shelf. When I was 11, I turned 13. Song of the decade, my well. dudes. Song of yeah. the century. Citrus Hands comes into the game with his debut single, showing how much of a pimp he is and how much of a god of rap this dude is. But also opening up about his mental health, saying that he isn't depressed anymore because the McRib is back. I'm kidding. I absolutely love that song, but, uh... You know I had to put this one on here. Look, I know that this was technically released in November of last year, but I have two excuses. One, it was the 27th, so the late end of November, so practically December. And two, I'm late to the party, so fuck you. This song is such a goddamn mother fucking capital B-A-N-G-E-R BANGER! The production is easily one of my favorite beats from Metro Boomin, and maybe, maybe one of my favorite beats of all time. Ugh, that synthbait during the chorus is so nut-inducing. And the lyrics, what, what can I say about the lyrics? They embody trash behavior, and I love every bit of it. Especially when given the context of this album where he tries to do so much work to better himself after a relationship, and it just goes, fuck all that, I hate women. <laughs> That's gonna get taken out of context, isn't it? It's such garbage behavior, but he's able to make it sound so fucking good. And then you got lyrics like these. These are certified banger lyrics, okay? I don't want to hear it. Given the fact that this is the lone trap song in the album, The Weeknd and Metro Booming fucking delivered. They delivered with an absolute banger, and from the moment I first heard it, I knew it was the best song of 2020. Despite it coming out last year. <laughs> There, was that good enough for you? Well, you cut what do we do then? What what do you what do you, what do you mean? You also had to talk about the albums.